there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick or... You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Mike Tirico is going to join us on loan from NBC Sports. Mike will be on the call this Saturday night. Clemson and Notre Dame. Also being a Michigan guy, what's he think of Jim Harbaugh's time frame for staying in that position at Michigan? Chris Collinsworth, Football Night in America. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on as well. We'll take a look at the big decision that's rumored to be a $500 million decision by the NBA players and the owners but it feels like it's the players who are going to decide if they start December 22nd or maybe a month later their season. And supposedly $500 million at stake with that decision. Have that for you coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. This program brought to you by the great folks at the Breeders' Cup. Breeders' Cup World Championships Friday and Saturday on NBC Sports. Learn more. Breederscup.com slash 2020. Uh, we'll have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all that coming up. Say good morning to our TV partner, Peacock. You can get it for free. Download the app and watch all three hours. Phone calls are welcome, emails and tweets. The big day has come and gone. Not that big day. Not talking about the election. I'm talking about the NFL trade deadline. Trade deadlines are basically comfort food. Comfort food for the sports media when you think about it. Kind of tasty, but... Empty calories. Rarely live up to the hype. It's one of those where you eat and then you go, I didn't get full. You think you're full, and then you realize, hmm, there was nothing there. And the NFL was no exception yesterday. No big names got dealt. Packers didn't get a wide receiver. J.J. Watt still with the Texans. Stephon Gilmore 
still is a patriot, even though his house is on the market. And thanks in large part to complicated salary cap issues, teams just couldn't pull the trigger on anything. NFL rosters are basically set, although you're going to have some players cut today, some name players be cut today. It's a mad dash to the finish. You also have the looming cloud of COVID uh, hovering overhead, and then every season really is a war of attrition. When you think about it, this year it could come down to who has the most healthy bodies. Trade deadline was a dud, but the rest of the regular season should be exciting. It should also be very strange as well. People talk about Green Bay, some members of the media. Hey, Green Bay's got to get a wide receiver. They didn't get one in the draft. I didn't think they were going to get one yesterday. Will Fuller is not going to change the course of the Packers' season. Will Fuller cost you a lot. He's injured, and he drops the ball. Other than that, had a ton of talent, but he's just not a great wide receiver, not a consistent one. And that's not the problem with the Green Bay Packers. The problem is you allow 4.7 yards per carry. That's the problem. If you were going to add anything for Aaron Rodgers this year, add defense. Because defense is the reason why you got blown out by San Francisco last year. Russell Wilson would love some defense. These guys who are putting up these big numbers know, man, it's a high-wire act every single week. The Chiefs added enough defense there. We saw that. They have enough playmakers on defense. But... And they've got a great offense. Steelers got a great defense. Ravens, that's a very good defense. Tampa's got a really good defense. These are the teams that are probably going to be competing for the Super Bowl. Because with the offense, they still have a defensive presence. I know I'm old school, but I still believe you have to have some kind of defense there. Formidable defense. A defense that can stop a drive when it needs to. When they can come up with a big play. They can turn the ball over. I don't care how much offense you have at some point in the regular season or the postseason and or the postseason, it'll come down to a defensive play, a defensive stop. It does every year. It comes down to a big defensive play. Whether you made it or not, that's what it usually comes down to. You can talk offense. Green Bay is fine with their wide receivers. I know they have issues with their running backs, but that's because of COVID. But if you're going to give Aaron Rodgers something, I would have given him some defense because I think he's going to need that at some point in the postseason. Yes, Paul. All right, I got a question here, no. more of a philosophical hey. question for you guys as a room. Right. Do, do GMs and pr- team presidents overvalue draft picks and undervalue getting players that can help them now? And is that more of a you always look towards the future type thing with draft picks or is it a money thing? Like if I'm the Packers and I could trade a second-round pick for Stephon Gilmore, or, or a second-round pick for Will Fuller or J.J. Watt, how does that not help my team this year? That second-round pick cannot help my team this year. Yeah, but Stephon Gilmore is unhappy with his contract, so you're going to get a guy who's unhappy with his contract, unless you're going to take care of that contract. Uh, Will Fuller is expensive and is injury-prone, so he doesn't help you. But, I do think that we always love the, we can't give up a second- or third-round draft pick. If you're really good at drafting, then I understand why you would not want to give up a second or third round draft pick. But a lot of these teams aren't. They, they stockpile draft picks. They're not good at drafting. Yeah, McLovin. 
Well, that's why you stockpile draft picks, because you could have more misses. If you're not great at drafting, you need more draft picks. Mm. But, I mean, if you want to win Super Bowls, then you collect draft picks. If you want to be the Washington football team, you collect free agents. But I would, if I'm, let's say, Green Bay or Seattle, and I could get Stephon Gilmore for the second half of the season, I'm not going to give you a new contract until the end of the year. I would almost treat him the way the Patriots did Darrell Rivas. Hey, I'm just going to use you. You're going to use us. Now, he did get paid. But I would just say, let's come in and see how it works out here. You want to have incentives in there if we win the Super Bowl, whatever it might be. But Stefan Gilmore, I believe, is 30. How much more do I, can I get out of him at that price? And he's a very good player. But I can go away from him. He, you know, he can take away one receiver. Like, I can go away from the best defensive back in the game. I can't go away from Aaron Donald. Now, so there's certain defensive players that you say, he's worth it. Stephon Gilmore is a wonderful player, but how much am I going to have to pay? It's like the Cardinals. You know, we, we roughed up the, the Texans for what they got in return with DeAndre Hopkins, which really wasn't much. But also, they didn't want to pay him $22, $23 million a year. You have to factor that into the trade as well. Cardinals were willing to pay him. They didn't give up much. They were willing to pay him. The Texans were not. Arizona's going up, Texans are going down. That's why they were willing to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, McLovin. How awkward is it to have a guy who's mad about his contract? Like, um, Gilmore listed his house. That was a big middle finger to the team. Like, is that is that a big issue? Like, does a GM say, well, I don't want that guy in my locker room that is going to be completely miserable? Like, what if one of the Danettes listed their house and, like, was like, oh, I'm looking at some other show, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it'd be crazy. Like, all of us would be like, you're a jerk. What are you doing? Has anybody listed their house? Paul's moved five times since we've done the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume, what do you mean listed the house? I I've assume seven I've, houses since we've been here. I've got one of my houses has to be listed. I don't know. Paul can't quit me. Nah. Paul won't leave me. Yes, McLovin. I rent. But, yeah, I, I think it's all, like, <laughs> unhappy money guys. Are like, the, like remember Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh? It yes. felt like that gutted the whole season. Yes. Do I want Stefan Gilmore not knowing how he's going to be and how much he's going to cost? Would I have to give up? Yeah, I understand it. I, I just think that the trade deadline comes at a weird time. I always thought the trade deadline should have been later in the year because this is a war of attrition here. You're trying to have the healthiest team basically limp to the finish line, and everybody's got injuries. Later in the season, maybe you can get more for somebody. Maybe somebody's willing to give you more for somebody. Then by, by then, we might know if the New England Patriots are you know sellers. But right now, they're still in the mix here. Did you see this? There was an article in The Athletic, and uh, it was just anonymous sources talking about what the Patriots are doing. Uh, A former head coach said, uh, Bill never would put anything like that out there. All of a sudden, it's out there. Something is weird. Now, I don't know what that's in reference to, but... uh, It's talking about how Bill said he sold out to win three Super Bowls. Oh, so those comments? Yeah, that's, that's what he's putting out there. Yeah, yeah. Belichick said, I sold out to win three Super Bowls, so this is natural that we have a decline now. I sold out my salary cap. Hmm. Um, let's see. An exec said, I've always wondered if they just decided to tank this year, especially once they had the opt-outs. And then uh, somebody was asked, why then sign Cam Newton? And exec said, you pay nothing. You get a compensatory pick. Cam's fool's gold anyway. 
people were like, oh, my God, all these teams did not sign Cam. Okay, Cam was not signing with the Broncos to be their backup. My hunch is Belichick would rather tear it down, rebuild it quickly, than try to hang on a few years at 9-7. and seven. I was really surprised that Belichick blamed this on selling out to win the Super Bowl. Now, go back to the first go-round when they won those three Super Bowls in rapid fire. And then they had a dip after that. And then they came back. Bill, at his age, how long is he going to stay? And you know, how long is he up for the challenge of this? Because I, this goes back to, you don't have a franchise quarterback right now. That's where you start. Now, granted... You know, Tom is not your future, wouldn't have been your future, but you would be in a better position with Tom Brady than you would be with Cam Newton. But you drafted poorly. As much as Bill wants to say we sold out to win, okay, then why are you, you sound defensive? Hey, look at what we did. You know, we went to, we won three, we went to another one, we went to an AFC title game. I get that. I mean, that's wonderful. Now, those things that he's doing are unprecedented. But he did not draft well. If they drafted better, just at running back and wide receiver, they don't even have a tight end, you know. If they did that, are the Patriots different? In that division, are they different? If Tom Brady is there, Tom Brady might still be there if he had skilled position players. So that's on Belichick. You can say, I can commend you for how you somehow, you know, were able to force this roster together and survive in the salary cap era, make all the changes you did and win, you know, three Super Bowls, three more Super Bowls. I understand that. But Bill's got to take ownership of the draft because I don't, that, that's not a shining resume for the greatest coach of all time. He's the greatest coach on the field, but some of the front office moves, Questionable, certainly when it comes to drafting. And that's on Bill because he's the GM. Yeah, Paul? Is he referring to selling out, trying to get Brady weapons at the very tail end of his career? Like in Keel Harry in the first round of the 2019 draft or Isaiah Wynn, a tackle in the first round in 18, Sony Michelle, first round 18 running back. They normally take defensive end, linebacker, defensive back. If you look at the past 13 years of uh, Packer, uh, Pacers draft picks, it's all defensive players in the first two rounds. Yeah, but in today's NFL... But is, is he saying that? Like, we went with guys we would not normally draft to prop up Tom's last few years. But did he say, hey, we went out and got some offensive guys for Tom, not saying, hey, I whiffed on going out and getting Tom some weapons here. Because that's what this comes down to. You, you win with offense in the NFL. You know, you got to have offense to keep up with everybody else. Bill is always going to have that weapon of being a defensive-minded head coach and coming up with a way to stop you. But if Tom is struggling to get 17, 21 points a game, I don't care how good he is or how good your defense is. You're going to need some offense at some point. They just made bad draft picks. Yeah, uh, Seaton. And while they're whiffs, in the draft for their offensive players get a lot of attention. They have found value in guys like J.C. Jackson that you're like, who the heck is this guy? And he's turned out to be really good for them. Um, that I, I don't remember where he went, but it was certainly later in the draft. You know, they have had some hits yeah. um, and found some value there. Just it doesn't seem like any of it is on offense. But you can't whiff in first and second round. I mean, if, if you're going to go out, where they draft too, 
Like it's really important that when they hit on somebody, it, they, they've got to, you know, Nikhil Harry and Sony Michelle have to be great. Yes, McLeod. But are we, you know, what Belichick said was the structure of the league is specifically to create parity where the great teams run out of salary cap space and they draft at 31, not one. It's ha- much harder to draft at 31 than top 10. So the league is set up to build, to tear people down and he's never gone down. Maybe because of the quarterback, but. Are we, shouldn't he get like some, uh, like basically earn the right to go down a little bit? Ask any, oh yes, of course. But but it doesn't feel like he's taking the blame. He's saying, hey, we sold out for the salary cap. Okay, you did. I mean, if he said, look, we sold out, you know, uh, did we draft as well as we should have? Now, he doesn't want to rip Nikhil Harry or Sony Michelle. I understand that. But Bill should take some ownership here because he's the GM. He's made the moves. It is such a luxury to wake up every single day in the NFL and know when you go to practice or when you go to play a game on Sunday, you look out and you see number 12. That is the greatest luxury you have in the NFL. Every single game you play, you're in. They were down 28-3 to and he had number 12 there. That is an unbelievable luxury. Yes, McLevin. What is their future plan at quarterback? I, no I haven't idea. heard a single thing. In all this, like, they're obviously not going Stidham. Well, they're not going Stidham, and they're not going Cam. Now the question is, the Jets would not trade him in the division, uh, Sam Darnold, to the Patriots if they were interested. I don't know if... Remember they liked Baker Mayfield? My NFL source told me prior to the draft, they really kicked the tires on Baker Mayfield. That Bill reportedly loved Baker Mayfield. I think he really liked Kyler Murray as well. I haven't gotten that confirmed, but one source said that they liked Kyler Murray as well. Bill is not afraid of taking chances, doing things, doing things differently, adjusting. And, you know, they may have whiffed on uh, getting a quarterback for the future. Yes, Paul. Belichick may have another chance to get Baker Mayfield. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) A lot less money. Yeah, it's true. Yes, uh, McLovin. He liked uh, Johnny Manziel, too. Yeah. I know. Manziel visited there. Yeah. He, wants a, he wanted to try a mobile quarterback. Yes. And that's why when people said, oh, he got Cam Newton, oh, he got the kind of quarterback that he wants. Okay. Then what's the problem here? He did have a couple of opt-outs, and, and these were named players who opted out. Like, Dante Hightower is a quality player. And if you're going to take away something from the defense, you haven't really added anything to the offense. Well, you're going to be probably an average team. That's why I didn't think that they were going to make the playoffs this year. And they may. I was just surprised that Bill kind of blamed the salary cap. Like, not a person. Or it was a thing. Like, that salary cap. We sold out for the salary cap. Well, you're lucky that you had Tom Brady, who was a bargain. Tom Tom didn't price gouge you. That helped, too. You spread the wealth there. Yeah, McLovin. What if Cam Newton doesn't fumble? They, they were rolling on that drive. They score. Yeah. They go to, what are they now, three and four. They play the Jets four and four. Is all this narrative gone? And we're like, wow, Bill's a great coach. I, I just don't think they're that good. But they've been in a lot of games. They beat a, a, two potential playoff teams in the Raiders and Dolphins. They're not that bad. Though. Do you know who's been in all their games this year? <laughs> the Giants. The New York Giants. Yeah, that's another team. Okay, the New York Giants have been in every game. But I think Bill actually outcoached Sean McDermott pretty bad the other day to, to even stay in that game. He may have outcoached Andy Reid a couple of weeks ago. 
Yes, that's a great example, too. Nobody is ever going to criticize, deny the greatness of him on the field making adjustments, ever. But he has to own the first and second round with the Patriots. He has not done well. What? When's the last time you said, oh, the Patriots, oh, they're tight end. Oh, what's his name? But they didn't whiff. They never drafted one. They never even had a plan. I don't think they... But that's on him. That's worse. You didn't have a plan. I don't know why I'm yelling. But it's hard to pick at 30. Nobody gets it right. There's a lot of busts from 25 to 35. Gronk was a second-round draft pick. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying, it's not like a guarantee. It's not like the Packers are getting great players. How do the Gronk. Ravens do it? I mean, okay. Teams you, do it. You brought this up yesterday. The Patriots have been a better team than the Ravens for two decades. So you can't say the Ravens have a better formula than the Patriots. The Patriots are better at everything. They've, they've beaten them consistently. But you know why? The quarterback. Okay. Number 12 helps. <laughs> if, if I take away the quarterback in New England, and we just look at the rosters, Ravens have had better teams. No doubt. Yes. Thank you. How is this all so obvious now when we've spent the last 20 years debating whether he was a system quarterback or not? Well, <laughs> you'd have to turn around and ask oh. the guy behind you. All of a sudden, it's like, obviously, they need Tom Brady. Was like, I, really? Because well, we were pretty sure we are going to get rid of Tom Brady for Jimmy Garoppolo. We are going to get rid of him for every other quarterback that's come down the pike. I don't know. The media wanted to give a Lombardi trophy to a team who got lucky to beat the Giants and lost to the Bears. I am not anointing the Bucs. I, I know Tom Brady looks good now, but is, this, is it really like... You're the one that started the system quarterback stuff. I Yes, I did. Yes, you did. So I blame but you. But you always go there, too. Like, if a guy lands in the right spot, he's in a much better spot. Kyler Murray's better with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona than he would have been... Is he in... a system quarterback? Kyler Murray? Yes. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Cliff and him are, are a match made in heaven. Cliff Kingsbury hadn't coached in the NFL. How could he have a freaking system? He's got the, the you know, he's playing that air raid stuff. It, it wasn't successful in college. Offensively, it was. They did not. He was an average coach. Average coach. Kyler Murray is his own system. Aaron Rodgers is his own system. Right? Would you say that that's fair? There, there's yeah. quarterbacks who are... Lamar Jackson is his own system. No, I, don't, I don't think so. No. Right. I think Greg Roman and like the, the... I think the system helped Baltimore. They took what fit his strength. And I think Aaron Rodgers was not good with Matt LaFleur's first year because he didn't like the system. Like, it, they worked together. Yes, Paul. I've been sitting here listening to this argument for about a decade now, and I still don't know what you two are arguing about. I don't even know what the basis of the argument is. McLovin feels, it feels like every quarterback's a system quarterback, right? Basically. And, and, and I said that he's being unfair to some of these quarterbacks. Tom Brady is ironically. Is, is Ben Roethlisberger a system quarterback? No. Okay. And Tom Brady, ironically, he's never had a system. Like, he wasn't in the, the Patriots change their offense every Brady, two years. Brady's system is they don't have a system. Because they can go from, we're going to run the ball 40 times. We're going to throw the ball to the tight ends. We're drafting two tight ends. We're bringing in Randy Moss. We got a deep threat. It, they have changed over the years. Would you say Jared Goff and Sean McVay? That's subsystems. That's a system because the coach is in the quarterback's ear probably more than any other duo. So there's a balance. Like some, some guys are more Is system Russell in. Wilson a system quarterback? No. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, his system was, hey, my defense is running oh, games going to win a Super God. Bowl. And now now that he's aerial, he hasn't won a Super Bowl with this system either. Now I got to take a break here. I got to take a break. 
Is it his fault? No, but was it his credit that they won that first Super Bowl? No. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack you know, one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs so you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We bring in Mike Tirico. He joins us on loan from NBC. He'll be calling that Clemson-Notre Dame game. Mike, good morning. How are you? What is your favorite color in a Peacock, the, the NBC Peacock? Do you have a favorite color? Well, you got lavender on, don't you? I do. I do. My favorite happens to be the orange, obviously, the whole Syracuse deal. But just 
just maybe something to ponder as you as you spend your time saying peacock. I like the way you say peacock in the promos. I, it's got a punch to it. I'm more of a green guy. For some reason, I am infatuated with the color green. Really? Yes. Is that right? Green jacket, master. Master starts a week from tomorrow. So yeah. in the mood, in the mood. Good to see you. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. But there is a study. There's studies that have been done on the color that you like and what it says about you, your personality. Really? Yes. That's interesting. And I... I I didn't like the color orange until I went to Syracuse. Now I have like orange everything, you, you, you name it. So I, I'm curious to see what the study says that means about me. But you're a Michigan guy, though. You live in Ann Arbor. I just live here. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't root for the Wolverines. You don't. No, 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 no. I, you're a one school person, and my school is Syracuse. I'm an alum there. And you my don't kids go root to for them either. Syracuse? No, of course I do. When I'm not doing, I do their games once every blue moon. I'll do their last game against Notre Dame. I won't root for them during the game. You can separate church and state. I mean, we've been, I've been doing this for 30 years. So I, I will root for them in every sport, whenever they're playing. Our friend Scott Van Pelt has a great line. I borrow it way too often. Everyone's from somewhere. That's where I'm from. I, I think there's a 30-year track record that says I'm fair if I'm talking about Syracuse. But when I'm not on the air, you, you bet I'm rooting for them. I brought this up to Rich Eisen, who is a Michigan guy. Right. And uh, – but he's not a resident of Ann Arbor. Right. And I, right. I said, you know, what would hurt more, losing to Michigan State or losing to Ohio State? And he said, losing to Ohio State. And I said, no, that's not the right answer. Because Ohio State is just a neighbor. Michigan State, you have to deal with Michigan State every day. The guy down the street who went to East Lansing, and you're not expected to lose at home to Michigan no. State. You're expected to lose to Ohio State. Wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think if you asked... The people who live near where I live, who have been true blue Michigan fans for years, a Michigan State loss disappoints them in football. An Ohio State loss devastates them, <laughs> ruins their year. The the up north, the uh, school up north, all that stuff, don't put the M in Michigan whenever Michigan does it. Even uh, Urban Meyer's wife doesn't put the M in her last name in her Twitter handle, you know, <laughs> it's just, that's, that's just the way people are about it. They, they truly, truly are. I'll never forget, Dan, I, I had, uh, I forget what event I was doing. I had to go somewhere where I could drive. So I went to the Michigan Ohio state game in person on Saturday before I went to wherever I had to go to for Sunday night football. And I drove from Michigan South through Ohio with Michigan plates, I got into Ohio. People were flipping me off. I'm like, dude, go, go orange. See that? Go, go, go cues. I got nothing to do with this. It, it, it really is visceral. So the loss to Michigan State really did hurt Michigan fans because they thought, okay, building something, good year. Michigan State looked so bad in week one, new coach. And that was just like a punch to the gut for them, knowing what probably is inevitable down the line in mid-December when they play the Buckeyes. What is in what is inevitable with uh, his contract? There, do you think Jim Harbaugh is there next season? I do, I do. Dan, I, I'm going to make a blanket statement, and then maybe I'll dive into the specifics. I think there's going to be very little movement in college football, uh, college athletics, colleges in general, colleges and universities. The budgets are devastated; they are crushed by by all, everything related to COVID nineteen. So let's start there. Pay and buyouts is going to be a problem unless you have one person who wants to write the check, which often happens. But I also think schools are going to have a really tough time from a moral standpoint. We don't say that often in college athletics. But this whole year is so so different. I think we, as fans, as broadcasters, we're getting into football just like we normally do. What's wrong with Belichick? Why aren't they doing this? 
there, we're not putting enough of an asterisk on this season. This season is so odd. It's such a unicorn. I'd really pump the brakes on making big changes after this year because it's really hard to judge what anybody's doing given the buildup and the execution of the year. We're talking to Mike Chirico, Football Night in America, and the voice of uh, Notre Dame football with Clemson coming to town on Saturday night on NBC. Assess Notre Dame at the beginning of the year to where they are now in facing this Clemson team with a backup quarterback. It was like the Super Bowl. This was one big pregame show leading up to the big game. The, the entire Notre Dame season was lead up to Clemson. That's your measuring stick. And Brian Kelly came off a 4-8 and eight season four years ago and has had three double-digit win seasons. It's now five years ago. Three double-digit win seasons, and now they start 6-0. and They are better. I've seen them every year. And seeing NFL teams on a regular basis, you can tell talent, even though I by no means am an Italian evaluator. They're better. They've got better players. They've got depth. They've got talent. The two games against Georgia the last two years tell me Notre Dame can play on the field with elite talent. They're getting really good players. Clemson's the ultimate measuring stick in the sport along with Alabama. This is a chance for them to see themselves against that. What's happened during the year? They're not throwing it as well as I thought, as I think they thought they would. Their defense is probably a little bit better than they thought they would have. If they can play a possession, ability to run the ball, uh, score in the 20s type of game, they'll have a, a good opportunity to beat Clemson with DJ Uyunglele, the quarterback, replacing Trevor Lawrence. How long did it take you to get DJ's name? Oh, it, it came right to me. Although, I must say, I have been practicing at home. Like last night, we were watching election results. It's like 1.30. Do you want to have another glass of wine? Yeah, you know, it's good. Well, Chuck and Savannah and, and Lester, they're going to be going until 3 a.m. We, we'll hang with them here. Uh, do you want another glass of wine? And I said, yeah, sure. Ooh, young a little bit. <laughs> it's become like aloha for everything in the house right now. Hey, uh, would you like to pick up your shirts at the cleaners? Ooh, young a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do it. I think they should just come up with DJ and then you, like, like DJU. People are calling him DJU. His he's number five is a big guy. I mean, he looks yeah. like a Jamarcus Russell, Cam Newton, physical stature kind of guy. He's super talented too. For a true freshman, he played great yeah. against adversity against BC. His nickname is Big Cinco. He's got a chain that says Big Cinco. <laughs> I love that nickname. I'm like, dude, I hope you're good and make it to the NFL because that nickname will last forever. So. Not calling or calling games without fans. You know, the college, ga the college games, Dan, have been different than the NFL games. They did the one NFL game in New Orleans. There were just family and friends, like 500 folks. Uh, when the game's going on, you're hearing the piped-in audio. You can get into the game, not in the same way you would when it's a big crowd. The college games with 10, 12,000 people and the band feels not all that bad. So the college games haven't been as difficult uh, I'm just thankful that we've been able to do the games in person in South Bend. I mean, I can't imagine calling the games off TV. I did for the hockey playoffs, and it was a challenge. It's so hard to feel like you're doing the job the right way, not seeing the field or picking up stuff that's not just on that camera in front of you. But it, it, it's been okay. Look, work is for all of us. Any of us who are lucky enough to be still working right now, work is twice as hard and half as fun. But we're still, you know, maybe 10 times more thankful that we're getting a chance to do it because a lot of people aren't in this really tough time. Isn't it strange that the the Pac-12 starts this weekend? Like it's all it, it's such an afterthought. We can normally name how many marquee guys out of the Pac-12. It it just feels like they're just going to put their head down, plow forward, get some revenue here, and then come up for air at the end of the season because nobody's going to qualify. 
you know, for the final four. Yeah, I, th- I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 felt like they had to jump in because once the ACC, Big 12, and SEC got started and the college football playoff was going to happen, the college football playoffs a lot of money. These universities and the athletic department side need that money, need every dollar they can get. So if they didn't jump in, they weren't going to get some of that cash. So I felt like they jump in here at this point. It, it is odd. I, I feel odd for the – I look at the rankings, and I see Ohio State 2-0, and and there they are. They're 2-0, and and Clemson's like 7-0. And there's Oregon in the rankings 0-0. Like, what, what are we doing here? This whole season is the biggest example of how ridiculously screwed up college football is at, at that level. They need some, some common sense, some guardrails to make everybody play the same kind of sport. Uh, what, what they've done as the sport continues to get more fractured and fractured is, is insanity, it really is. And I think Wisconsin, and I got an update here from a source, I think Wisconsin is in some serious trouble. I think the entire season could be, they may have to forfeit this season. And, and, you know, do they come back and play those two or three games because the other teams on their, when, when their COVID outbreak is better because those teams need the game so they can play six games in case there's another, you know, folks, folks in the other leagues have been going the whole time had told me when they were going to start back in late August, early September, said, we don't know if we're going to play all 10 or 11 games that we're scheduled for. We hope to, but we're not sure. And the NFL is still in the same boat. You know, I, I think it's amazing we've gotten to November. Uh, full credit, Dan, to the docs, the, the infection control officers, the NFL teams have, the players, too. They sacrifice. So when we turn on our TVs on Saturday and Sunday, it's cool. And for us, it's cool to work. But I mean, people are sacrificing, not going out, not hanging out, not doing the things in their normal lives, so they're not the person to infect their team. And I, I just uh, tip my cap and say thank you to the athletes who are making that sacrifice along the way as well. Yeah, I just worry. Uh, I remember when the season started and uh, had somebody tell me, wait until schools are out of any kind of a championship yeah. run, wait till the players yeah. in the NFL are out of a playoff picture. Yeah. That's when you have to start worrying weeks 12, 13, 14. That's what, you know, this big concern of, you know, we could have another outbreak in the NFL. Well, and I'll flip that to the college side for a second. Most of the schools have moved their calendars up. I know my two kids who are in college will be coming home from their fall semester, where they're, wherever they're doing it, here in the next couple of weeks. The back end of the football season might be easier for the teams to control any outbreaks because there are going to be less people on campus to interact with, yep. which has been part of the source of some of the outbreaks for schools. So that, that's the re- other side of it. But you're right. You're one in 10. Is it is it that same feeling? I think there's a respect for opponents and teammates uh, and a desire not to be the guy or the people who, because of your negligence, brings down an entire organization. Safe travels there, Mike. Uh, always great to talk to you. You too. Miss you, man. Glad, glad to be teammates again. I, I hope I hope the election stuff gets counted because I, I think we might do the Clemson game on Saturday. It's third and five incomplete before fourth down. Here, here's Chuck Todd with an update on Milwaukee County. You know what I mean? It could be a strange week. But, it could uh, happen, look, Mike. It could happen. Looking forward to a great weekend. Thank you, buddy. That's, yeah, uh, Mike Tirico, the big event weekend across NBC Sports, headlined by Brady, uh, Brady, <laughs> Brady and Breeze. Sunday night football, number one Clemson, number four Notre Dame, Saturday in primetime on NBC. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Talked to a source yesterday, and I was trying to find out a little bit more about what's going to happen with Wisconsin. I was told last week that the game against Purdue this week was going to be in serious jeopardy, and it turned out they had to cancel it. 
And then I said, um, where does Wisconsin stand? And my source said, if they can't play six games, there's a good chance with state spiking COVID cases, they shut down Camp Randall, a possible field hospital. My source goes on to say they won't have a full roster when they play Michigan, but will have both quarterbacks returning. But that's that's just a possibility here, given the COVID cases in Wisconsin. But my source says if they can't play six games, there's a good chance with the state spiking, they shut down Camp Randall, a possible field hospital. And then they've got Michigan coming up. They'll get their quarterbacks back, but I don't know what their roster is going to look like by the time they get to that point. Yes, Paul. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin's got Michigan, Northwestern, Minnesota, Indiana in the next four weeks after not playing this weekend. Ian Rappaport with a tweet. Bill Belichick asked if the team entertained offers for Stefan Gilmore, and Bill said, not that I'm aware of. For all the talk about Gilmore, it was very quiet. I don't want to be trading for somebody who wants a new contract. I will trade for him for the second half of the season, and but I don't I don't want to be negotiating a contract. But I'm going to guess they would want at least a first round pick for Stephon Gilmore. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching. FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming? And when you get access to Resi priority notify with your Amex platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com Dan. See their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com Dan. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Let's bring in Chris Collinsworth, Sunday Night Football analyst, pro football focus majority owner, the Chris Collinsworth podcast. He'll be with Al Michaels on the call Sunday night, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Uh, It's a big event weekend on NBC. Also the Breeders' Cup Classic on uh, Friday and Saturday, Clemson, Notre Dame in primetime Saturday night, NASCAR Cup Series Championship on Sunday afternoon. How's morale, Chris? What up, brother? You started going through Wisconsin and Michigan. I thought I was listening to the election again. I'm like, <laughs> now, sir, do, do you do what I do? Do you sit up and, and like every election night? I used to love doing this, even though it's during the season and you're a little worn out anyway and, and the whole thing. But I would love sitting up and watching the whole election night coverage and a little bit of the history of it and everything. And now it's like, election month, election week, you know, I don't even know what you call it anymore. I did not stay up to watch it uh, because I think that it's probably going to be a few days before this is even uh, called. So I I just thought no matter what is said tonight or last night, uh, there's no finality to it. I'd rather just wait, let it all spill out and then sort of slice and dice and uh, consume it after that. Yeah, got to say hi to Bobby Knight there. I miss seeing Bobby. He used to come to all the events around town. I got a chance to see him and talk to him a lot. And one of my all-time favorites. So that's that's some collection you got going on that desk right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I got um, yeah. I just collect everything. What's the greatest piece, the best piece of sports memorabilia you have? You know which one I, I kind of like the most is I've got everybody's autograph on the 1980 Olympic hockey team on a picture, you know, the, the, the picture of them going crazy at the end of the game. And I always wanted to put, I, I need to get out to do a thing where, you know, the call of the game where I can just push a button. I walk <laughs> by the picture and push a button. Do you believe in miracles? That would be great. How does uh, Tom Brady incorporate Antonio Brown or Bruce Arians do this on such short notice? I, I think he's a perfect fit for this team right now. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to talk football for a minute. 
because the one thing in watching the tape here of, of Tampa is that they, they really miss having that inside threat. You know, how many times have we seen Tom Brady with James White or whatever, just one-on-one, you go up on the linebacker, you make a break to the left, you make a break to the right, get him the ball, beautifully accurate thrown pass. And they really don't have that right now. I mean, that's not Ronald Jones's game. It's not Leonard Fournette's game coming out of the backfield. Um, they're, they're a good power running team. This is one of those old school offenses in Tampa. And it's starting to come together. Um, it, it looks like Tom Brady in New England now. I mean, they, they don't run a ton of zone stuff. They run more power blocking, downhill, physical, and and it and every week that I watch them, it, it looks a little bit better than it did the week before. Of course, the play action off of that. But now they even have Mike Evans in the slot with no Chris Godwin. Even Mike Evans is starting to come down and playing in the slot. Gronk is looking better than he was looking a, a few weeks ago. So all these pieces are coming together. I just think what they're still missing is that middle of the field threat against man-to-man coverage, just that quick change of direction kind of guy and and you know who's better at that than Antonio Brown or at least he was better at that than anybody else I also was looking at the offensive line and I did have questions about that offensive line but they've been together for the most part this entire season and if you look at all the injuries to all the other offensive lines around the NFL I mean it's kind of remarkable that I think they've only missed a few plays together um, and, and Brady, it feels like, understands, or they understand Brady, just give me this amount of time, and we're fine. Like that, That's almost like the blocking scheme. What have you seen? They're, they're better than that. They, they really are, because they're, they're physical running the ball. Remember the old play? I, I bet you I've drawn up this play for Patriots games a thousand times. The guard pulls out, they have a deep play action pass, and then you hit Gronk over the middle, right? I mean, that's that's sort of their bread and butter. Well, they're getting back to that now. And they're getting back to that now because they can run the ball uh, effectively. So you're starting to see these guards pulling. I'm starting to see some old counter trays from the Washington Redskins. It's a very old school. They jumbo a lot. They'll they'll put in Joe Haig is, is the sixth offensive lineman. But when you start pounding the ball and running the ball with Tom Brady as your quarterback, now you get back to that play action. The guard pulls, linebacker jumps up to try and fill the gap. Here comes Gronk in behind. Here comes Evans. Uh, and, and we have yet to see this offense complete. We have yet to see all the receivers on the field. It's been a really tough year for Gronk. He's not blocking like he used to block because he's got that bad right shoulder. He's just getting creative, turning his shoulder, trying to make blocks and do different things. But I think as you as you project this team forward, if they can get healthy again, and if this offensive line stays together, I think they could be pretty darn good. But you know more about Tampa or New Orleans? Um, a, a little bit more about Tampa at this point, only because we were getting ready to do Tampa and Vegas. Um, and then we got COVIDed out of that one with Trent Brown got sick. They, we didn't know if we were going to do the game. And so then they were telling Fred Gadelli, it's like, it's your guy's call. You can stay on that game. But if it gets canceled, we'll give you another game. But you might be calling Carolina from the booth in Las Vegas. I was like, what? <laughs> with, with like a, day, a day's notice, you know. And 
I was like, oh, that doesn't seem very smart. So then it got down to, well, where are you going to move the truck? Right. So we're in Vegas. So yeah, we'll take the, we'll take the game in new England. That was, I think it was San Francisco that week, but we couldn't get the truck there. So then it ended up the next closest place was Arizona, Seattle and Arizona and it ended up being a fantastic game. So once again, the, the luck of the Irish came through. He's Chris Collinsworth. He'll be on the call Sunday night football. And of course, uh, majority owner pro football focus, the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Would you trade for a veteran? This time of the year, if you were Green Bay, and let's say you could get Stephon Gilmore, and it was going to cost you a first-round draft pick. No, I, I wouldn't take Stephon because the reason they're trading him, I think, is that he got hurt. You know, he had something with his knee or whatever. I, the old buyer beware, right, this time of year. You have to know why is that guy up on the trading block. And, and Especially now, with I Belichick, mind- too. Well, and the one thing you know about Belichick is that he will trade them a year too early. So if you're right on the brink and you think you're one player away, maybe I wouldn't mind doing that deal with Belichick because there's a lot of GMs and coaches out there. They don't have the 10-year plan anymore, right? They're on the brink of losing their jobs. And I always thought that was one of the weaknesses of the design of having GMs and coaches make all the decisions about the organization is when these guys start getting on the bubble or start struggling, well, of course I'm going to trade tomorrow's draft choices for today because I got to keep my job first and foremost. So you always have to watch that a little bit as well as some of these deals come down. What about J.J. Watt? Does he have value in the open market? Uh, of course. Yeah, uh, of course. Well, how about a first round um, draft pick for JJ Watt? If you're like throw out it, you know, anybody who needs help, like Green Bay can't stop the run. Like would Green Bay and you give a late first round draft pick for JJ Watt? That, that's a really interesting question. I, I think the ordinary thought would be no, just because he's a little older and has the, the history of injuries Second round pick, possibly, if you thought you were really, really right there on the brink of something. Um, I, you know, I, I listen, I, I played until I was 30 and it felt like I got to 29 <laughs> and I was feeling good. I'm still going out dancing and having fun in the clubs and doing all that. I got to 30 and I became an old man. Everything <laughs> fell apart on me. Everything. I don't know what it was. Now, these guys probably know how to train and take care of their bodies better than I did. Wait, back wait, in the wait. Day. You were dancing in the club? Well, yeah, I had my, yeah, my fiance was with me at that time, if you want to be that specific with it. Yeah, but yeah, that's how we used to get loose, man. When <laughs> after a game, I swear, after a game, this we did it all the time. You, you, you know, because you get the lactic acid, you get, you know, you go from, man, I feel great leaving the stadium. Let's go out. We're going to go partying. And then you go sit on the couch and I used to watch, you know, you guys do your highlights and do all that kind of stuff. And, and then you get up an hour later and you can't move, right? You're like, ah, you know, you feel like that. So then what do you do? You go out and you have a cocktail, you start dancing a little bit and everything gets loose again. Do you, there hold, you, go. Do you hold a grudge against anybody you played against? Hold a grudge against Anybody I played against. The only the only guy who really drove me crazy. But cheap shots. Uh, Did anybody take a shot that you just never let go of that? 
Frank Minifield called his shot on me Ooh. and said he was – so I had a big game against Cleveland. I had about 150 yards the first game we played him. Frank Minifield said he was going to knock me out of the second game. In the newspaper, right? <laughs> In the newspaper. Say he's going to knock me out. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, I'm from the first play, I'm going down and taking a 15-yard penalty. I am chopping this guy's legs. I'm clipping him. I'm going to roll up. I'm going to take his ankle in my hands. I'm going to try and snap it. I'm going to do anything I can to kill this guy. I come back and get to line of scrimmage and Boomer audibles to a quick screen to me, like a wide receiver screen to me out there. I was like, all right, but I'm going to get your ass next time. <laughs> you got one play off here. So I come up and he throws this quick screen and it's the last thing I remember. It's the last thing I remember. Minifield comes up and I don't know what he hits me with. I, I you know, remember in wrestling, they ha he has a foreign object. I think he had a foreign <laughs> object in his hand. And I'm out. I am out. And I, so I'm sitting there. And so they finally like wake me up and I get up and, and I'm, I, I can remember running off the field and I got to the bench and I'm standing over and I'm on the bench. And all of a sudden I kind of come to whatever. I knew this was the first play of the game and I come to, and I look up at the scoreboard and it was like 13, 20, whatever. And I go, oh, good, 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 good. I didn't miss anything. Second quarter. <laughs> so I stand up and I fall down. My Apparently, I had fallen back over my ankle and my knee. So I'm completely gone. I don't know what quarter it is. I can't walk. And I still want to go get after Frank Minifield's ass because he said he was going to hurt me, which he did. So, yes, I do hold a grudge about that. What was his number, 37? What was his number? God, 30, maybe. 31? 31. 31. I think that might be it. 31. He and Hanford uh, Dixon Hanford were Dixon. both good players. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. But but you never – did. He, was it a cheap shot when you saw it, or was it just a, a great tackle by him? I, it was a foreign object. I'm totally convinced. <laughs> He's not that tough a guy. I've seen him a hundred <laughs> times since then. That's what I tell him. I go, you're, you're not that tough a guy. What did you have in your hand? He picked up one of the batteries, you know, whatever something. they were throwing at yeah, us. Something. something in there. Yeah. Uh, do you got a good handle on the Steelers? Um, yeah, I watched a good bit of that. I, I, you know what impressed me most about the Steelers is that they had that game against Tennessee, and I don't know if you watched that one or not, but that was a bloodbath. I mean, they, they were trying to kill each other out there, right? Mm. So much so that we came back, and on their PFF show, they had me picking the games and all. So I said, I tell you what, I am not picking either the Steelers or Tennessee the week after this game. Teams simply cannot put together back-to-back -back physical games like what that game was. And I was right about Tennessee. Tennessee came back and they got beat by Cincinnati. Pittsburgh goes into Baltimore mm -hmm. and it's, if anything, bloodier than the one that they had in Tennessee and just went toe-to-toe -to -toe for the entire four quarters. I, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with the Pittsburgh Steelers putting two of those games back to back together to stay undefeated. And they're not even close yet on their offense. I mean, I, I still think offensively they're going to get better. And, and if they do with the way they're playing defense right now, they're going to be tough. But also I remember that betters would tell me whoever played Seattle 
the week after they played Seattle, always bet against that team when they faced the Legion of Boom. That they oh, were I like that. Yeah, they were going to get beat up. I, I like that. You know, Richard Sherman's on the podcast that I do. Yeah. I wasn't going to even do it. I wasn't even going to do a podcast. And they said, so he said, well, I can get you Richard Sherman as a guest. And I, I, as my way of getting out of the podcast, I said, you get me Richard Sherman every week to do the podcast. I'll do one. They got Richard Sherman. So I'm doing a podcast every week. I don't know how, I, but he is truly one of the most interesting guys to talk to week in and week out. He's not afraid. He talks about whatever he wants to talk about. It's really been fun. Yeah, I saw that you were doing that uh, along with Pro Football Focus and then Football Night in America. You're busy. My life sucks. No, it doesn't. It's it's fantastic. Poor guy. No, it's great. I mean, I'm really, you know what? If you're going to watch football all day, the idea of talking about football isn't that bad a job, right? I mean, it's actually, I'm taking a break right now from my film study to come in here and talk. So I was thrilled to get a chance to take but, a break and come see Bobby Knight. But are you okay with being criticized? I'm criticized all the time. I know, but, but it's still not easy. You know, you can read, no. Chris, you're great. And then there's one guy saying whatever. And that, you know, one out of 10 will stay with you. Every, every single week, I say something that somebody considers to be the dumbest thing they ever heard in their life <laughs> every week. I, I mean, do I go, do I go looking for it? I don't generally my kids yeah. send it to me, yeah. right? They, they cannot wait for whatever I screw up. I, I've got one. I had one. I can't even say it. Cause it's like, it's like so foul, right. I, that I, I can't even, I, don't, I would feel uncomfortable saying it. But it's also hilarious because it was totally innocent on my part. And by the time that I got home, my kids had made a video of what I said and put it on a loop. And it just like <laughs> just ran all. T- I'm like, I'm like, oh, please make it stop, please. I, and you have no idea. I mean, I, half the time I leave the stadium, I have absolutely no idea what stupid thing I've said this week. And then you go on like social media and you, and you look at it like, you know, you cover your eyes and you start flipping because you don't know what it is. You don't know what it is that you did this week, but every week it's something. Good to visit with you. My best to Holly and uh, we'll be watching Sunday night. Thank you, man. Anytime. Give me a call. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The I-Team with an explosive report. If you were watching on Peacock during the commercial break, Paulie is going to recap an I-Team report. And now we go to the newsroom for an I-Team investigation. The motto of our news team is, we don't break news, we sprain it. Let's go to the newsroom. Paul, Dan, we're all aware there's a very famous female chef named Giada De Laurentiis. She's on Cooking Channel. She just goes by Giada. Giada. Very famous, world famous, well-known, very talented, very smart, very easy on the eyes. She posted yesterday on social media, and she's got a couple million followers. From Giada De Laurentiis, quote, curious, what kind of recipes and tips do you want to see for Thanksgiving this year? Menus for smaller gatherings, question mark, easier. She's asking her fan base to respond. Mm. And now you would think people who are foodies would respond, people who cook meals. No, 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 Dan. Todd Fritz responded to Giada De Laurentiis <laughs> and said, quote, 
would love your unique recipe advice for a delicious green bean casserole and how to make a great unique stuffing. My mother-in-law makes very good casserole, but curious how you do it. Thank you, Giada, from Todd Fritz of The Dan Patrick Show. And if this was a male chef, you would not have reached out, correct? Definitely not. Okay. I do have a little crush on Giada, but that's besides the point. I do want to know how she makes the green Has bean Giada reached out to you? She Todd? has not just yet. Okay. I'm not going to be insulted because I'm going to give her like a three-day window. What Thanksgiving's if, still a few weeks away yet. What if Giada reaches out and gives you a step-by-step great casserole, green bean casserole with a great unique stuffing? You don't cook. I would print it out, hand it to my wife, and say, can I pick up a couple of the ingredients while you... Uh, if Giada does not respond to you, I want you to make us <laughs> a great green bean casserole wow. with a unique uh, stuffing. There's a very good chance she's probably not going to respond to me personally. And then even if she does, it'll probably be the assistant to the assistant to the intern to the assistant. So this was your opening to flirt with Giada. You do. Do you put really... it out there? She was asking a question. Okay, but wait. You're... She's not being phony. She genuinely wants her followers and people that like her to Todd, ask her questions. I asked her a question. Todd, people who cook might reach out to her. You just said your mother-in-law makes a great a version of this dish. Right, because I didn't want her to take it the wrong way that I was like being forward or But why don't you just have your mother-in-law make the dish? She does, and she will. But, but, but if you Giada can make Giada. one, Giada can maybe makes a super fantastic one. Just when I thought that this was the be-all, end-all that my mother-in-law makes, Giada's would probably at least uh, match that. Were you flirting with her? I I don't know if flirting was the word, because I did say mother-in-law, which means I'm married and I'm taking yeah, over. Yeah, but that's... But I am curious if she would respond. You could tell she must have been terribly disappointed to hear that you were taken <laughs> and not available. Let, 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 let's put it this way. Have I checked many, many times on my uh, phone to see if she's responded? How, how yes. do you get to the point where you find out that Giada is open to suggestions about uh, Thanksgiving? I, you know, I follow her on Twitter, and it <laughs> popped up between something from Albert Breer and something for the Broncos, and I'm like, well, she's asking a question. You know, I'm going to answer this question. See what happens. But your mother-in-law makes this dish. She makes a very good one, and she's coming up in a few weeks. God bless her. We're looking forward to the green bean casserole. But I wanted, to, I still want to see if Giada will respond with, uh, <laughs> with her ideas for Thanksgiving treats. Well, Katy Perry did tweet exactly, to the so? show a couple of years Anything's ago. Anything's possible. It has to be your attitude in life. Yes. Uh, yes, Eden. It's the last time she's ever recognized us, by the way. Mm. The show exists. Yeah, I know. That's okay. I take the one time. It was a one and done. Yeah. A one-timer. Yes, Paul. Does the I-team have full green light to reach out to Giada? Yes, you people? do. Thank you. Yes, you do. <laughs> As if we hadn't already. Yes. Yes, of course. If you want to see something very entertaining, who Todd Fritz follows on social media is funny. <laughs> oh, I'd there, rather not. There'll be like a Pete Thamel. And then 18 local weathercaster women. Well, nobody knows local news like Todd does. He doesn't know the local news. He knows those who deliver the local news. Shout out to Jen Bernstein and Rachel Frank on Fox 61 <laughs> Connecticut. And Carolee Malin on NBC 30. I'm not shy about it. My wife knows, but I make comments, which is inappropriate and shows my, uh, it, my being inse- Todd, insecure. Todd watches the local news with the sound down. I do. Well, they have the pictures with the weather. I could see the cloud with the rain coming down. I don't need to hear her say a chance of rain tomorrow. I see it on the five-day forecast. Yeah. That's a great I-team report, Paulie. Thanks, well bud. done. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com Dan and see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com Dan. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Mark Stein covers the NBA for the New York Times. He's been covering the NBA since 1994. And I wanted to have him on because he gave me, well, the headline writer at the New York Times gave me the headline, the NBA's $500 million hope for the holidays, as we're not sure when the season is going to start. And Mark, kind enough to join us. So what's at stake here? What's in play for this decision? And when do you think this decision happens, Mark? I think we're going to get it this week, and I think we're going to get the pre-Christmas start. 
there are obviously, naturally, a few teams that don't want to start that quick with the Lakers at the top of the list. But because the NBA has been trying to convince the players that at least $500 million is at stake if the start isn't closer to Christmas, and I think they're succeeding in that effort, uh, you know, that, that revenue that's at stake is what's going to drive this thing and what's going to get the season started way sooner than any of us thought when we were in the bubble. In the bubble, people were saying it could be February, it could be March, but I, I think we will find out this week that it is, uh, it is starting Christmas week. But if I look at the rank and file, I don't know, does this come down to a vote, Mark? How do they decide if they're going to play December 22nd or they're going to play January 13th? Theoretically, it comes down to a vote, but as we saw before the restart, if form holds, the union will just have player reps vote. That's the way they did it when they decided to restart the season. Unless the union unexpectedly breaks form, it's going to be a vote of 30 player reps as opposed to 450 players. So basically, player rep, union officials and player reps, they're spending this week you know, talking to players, kind of giving them a chance to voice their opposition. But more and more I hear that, that I think players understand that with this kind of money on the line, how much money they would lose waiting until January, I, it would be a shock if it's not Christmas week. So I, 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 think, I think we're going to get the – it's going to be crazy. NBA draft on, on November 18th, free agency is going to be – 48 to 72 hours, it'll start that quick after the draft. And by December 1, teams are going to be in training camp. Wow. What if LeBron says, I don't want to play the first month? That would be, that would be, look, if anybody has the juice to pull that off, it's him. I don't want to jump in his head and try to predict it. I mean, you know, he, I think if you really study it, he voiced opposition initially to, I'm not playing if there's no fans, and he changed his position on that. He initially was, you know, in late August after the Bucks staged their walkout of a playoff game, you know, LeBron, he said it the other night on HBO, he, he, he gave serious thought to ending his bubble time right there and changed his mind then. And, you know, with time, will he say, you know what, I'm going to play on Christmas? But only he knows. But that alone will not – I don't think LeBron alone could stop this season from starting on Christmas. I, I just feel like there's too much momentum behind it now. Are we looking at regionalized bubbles? Or are we done with bubbles completely for this upcoming season? No, we're not. We're, we're going to see it's going to be – everything you just talked about, the NFL, I think the NBA is going to be dealing with the same thing. They, nobody wants to do bubbles again. Teams want to play in their home markets. So I think what we're going to see, again, nothing is, nothing is firm yet, but I think what we're going to see is teams in their home markets and the coronavirus will start to infiltrate the NBA like baseball had to deal with, like the NFL is dealing with now, like so many top teams in international soccer are dealing with. I don't, I don't think there's any way around it if teams want to play in their markets. But the appetite for doing the bubble again is pretty close to zero. Um, uh, James Harden available? Is he on the market? 
No. Okay. Not yet. Teams are monitoring for sure. Teams are curious because, you know, all indications were that the two candidates that James Harden would have supported the most would have been either Ty Lu, who went to the Clippers, or John Lucas, who's been on Mike D'Antoni's staff the past four seasons and is really popular in that Houston locker room. Obviously, neither of those guys got the job in Houston. I think Houston made a good choice in very difficult circumstances. Steven Silas is as highly regarded as an assistant coach can be in this league. He's been at it for two decades, well-regarded for his offensive mind, and everywhere he's been, just incredibly well-liked. Just one of the most well-liked people in the NBA. So to walk into that situation, which... I mean, there's tension. Mike D'Antoni walked away. Daryl Morey walked away. The Rockets have little flexibility to change their team. They have a new GM in Rafael Stone, and now Steven Silas has to walk in there and get James Harden on board. That's not going to be easy. But if, go ahead. If you follow him, he's, he's proven an ability to do that wherever he's been. I'll let you go with this. It feels like people are sleeping on the Golden State Warriors, that Steph coming back – Clay coming back. You still have Draymond. You got a high draft pick here. Or am I missing out on something? Because when we talk no, about I, title I, contenders, right with- I, yeah, I, I would have thought Golden State would be right there with the Lakers. Look, people don't want to say it, but I'll say it. I mean, the Lakers, hey, they took advantage, but the league was down this year. I mean, it was. It did. It was a – it was – it was a factor in there. I mean, they obviously have the best duo in the league. LeBron and Anthony Davis, they are the number one duo in the league, and no one can touch that. But the supporting cast was spotty, yeah. and the competition level just wasn't, it wasn't at the level that we've seen over the past five years. That helped them. I, look, the Warriors need size and athleticism. They do. They, I mean, you've got to have that to counter Anthony Davis. But, you know, I'll take my chances with Steph Curry. Clay Thompson coming off so much rest. Draymond Green coming back. Let's see what they can do with Wiggins. They've got some some trade assets to upgrade the roster. I, I totally agree with you. Is there a hot draft pick? Because it feels like nobody wants to be drafting up high. No. I mean, the reality is this draft, there is, there, you know, there is not a difference maker. And, look, it's going to be way too soon to know these kids come in so young now that there are always surprises. You know, you know, Donovan Mitchell's a classic case of a few years ago. You know, he's you know he's nowhere near the number one pick, and look at the difference maker he he became. I mean, so there there there's always the potential for surprise, but yeah, at the top of this draft, there's a lot of uncertainty. And you know, Minnesota and Golden State they hold the top two picks, and no one will be surprised if either one trades out of it. Who's my guy, Denny Avida? Avida? Denny Avdia from Israel. I yeah, I hate to say I, I'm fall I'm falling in like with him I I don't want to fall in love but um, he's a lot of fun maybe this is Luka Doncic's spillover Mark but no 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 don't, don't do that to the kid that's too much don't put that don't put that on him he looks but good he, he looks he's an interesting player interesting player here's the thing when when you and I were young this league was teaming with wing players and every NBA team had them and now they don't. And so that's why I think Avdia is an, you know, he's, he's a guy who's going to be able to play multiple positions. And 
he does have he does have great potential, and he's he he will not go lower than six or seven. I mean, he's probably going to go in that three to six range, but the Doncic comparisons don't help him because you're, he's he's not going to have that kind of impact right off the bat. That's just too much to ask. And uh, Lamelo Ball is he still hanging in there as the number one pick? I would love to tell you I'm smart enough to tell you who will be the number one pick on November 18th, but I am not. All right. Well, I am not. That's fine. But I, I, I don't know. The only thing I've heard is that he's not good in interviews. I don't pay much stock into that. I mean, mu- the much bigger concern is, you know, his shooting. I mean, this is, a, you know, shot creators and wings who can play multiple positions. That's what teams want, you know, guys who can make an impact with the ball. And certainly, you know, LaMelo has the potential to run a team, flashy, passing. He's got all that size, but can he shoot it? I mean, Why the hell is it that his dad's this basketball, self-proclaimed basketball genius, but he's got two kids that can't shoot? I mean, the same thing, you know, Look, my, my whole my whole family's from Israel. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm I'm right there with you in the Avdia fan club. Why is he a sub sixty percent free throw shooter? Yeah. Why is shooting so hard? I, it shouldn't be. That should be the first thing you master. <laughs> but it, it you know, we continue to you know it's there is such a premium on shooting. I mean, look at what look at where Duncan Robinson came from to where he ended up now because he is an elite shooter. I would be practicing that more than anything. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate your time as always. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite, the utterly inspired all-electric EQE sedan from Mercedes-Benz. With hundreds of customizable comfort settings inside the cabin, it's the EV that recharges you. The vehicle is all-electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com EQE.